0: Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Now with 3 locations across the Triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair. All tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no appointment needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of 5-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com.
1: In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable
0: future.
2: Welcome into a brand new Friday edition, playoff edition of Franchise Players. A huge loaded weekend, all kinds of stuff going on, Stafford Road Sports Radio. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson. Kicking this one off with the panel, the illustrious panel Hot Rod Funderburk, WFMY's Jalen Gilkey, and fresh out of the cold North Dakota, Brandon <laughs> Blakeney joining us this week. <laughs> What's going on, fellas?
0: What's up, fellas, <laughs> man? Happy to be back chopping it up with y'all.
3: It's, it's time for our weekly. What's the temperature check? <laughs> You're right. Hey
0: Jay, let me tell you, man. It's, it, it, it it snowed three days last week, man. I told it you, bro. Crazy. It's gonna get real ugly. And, and what's November. scary, though, they say it's fall still, man. Yeah, it's light, it ain't bro. Even cold yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: like Once you, you you gonna get, get a, you gonna experience your first blizzard, bro. Yo, you'll get like a two foot
2: snowstorm like <laughs> <laughs> in the next like ten days probably. Feet, it's still gotta be man. at work. Meanwhile, oh, yeah, three, you know. It. Meanwhile, me, Jalen, and Hot Rod are there wondering if we need to wear shorts today. It's seventy I think, degrees outside. I think I'm calm in down, the summer,
3: fellas. I think I'm golfing in the morning.
2: Well, it's supposed to, the temperature supposed to change tomorrow. We was looking at the weather because me and Rod are doing the East Forsyth Glen playoff game uh, tomorrow night, which is huge, by the way. Seven thirty kickoff, seven o'clock pregame uh, on every platform that we're on, and the low tomorrow is twenty seven. So. Ooh. And this is the week that I was like, hey, JP, do you want to be a sideline reporter? You can come do the sideline for and Glen. He's like, yeah, sure. And then I looked at the weather. And I was like, oh, no. So I don't, JP Mundy might be doing sideline reporting for that game. I'm not sure. But me and Rod are definitely be in the house. I've been talking to Joe McCormick, the AD at Glen, all week. Uh, they sold out. Uh, they sold a shade under 4,000 tickets, 3,991, I think he said, uh, for those that have been asking me about this game tonight and security, they will have private security on site wanting people instead of, you know, Miss Green from gym class and volunteers from Glenn doing <laughs> it at the gate. Cause they do that. <laughs> they're going to have private security, like professionals at the gate wanting people, uh, for side County still has the clear bag policy. So you ain't getting in. If you're coming in with something that ain't a clear bag and, uh, there'll be up to 15 sheriffs, uh, patrolling around the area as well. Plus I would imagine KPD, Kernsville police department, they're going to be in the house someplace. I heard like the, the board of aldermen are gonna be there and uh the mayor. I mean, like this is turning to like oh, this
0: is battle with K Vegas, man. Yeah,
2: man. It's that scene <laughs> in varsity blues at the beginning when like they're all leaving for a road game, and like it's like whoever leaves last out of town, turn the lights out. You just see a long convoy of cars going down a, a mm-hmm. old highway. It's gonna be like that. Everything's just gonna be shut down, everybody's gonna be over at Glen, and it's gonna be a party tonight. So we're looking forward to it. Uh the winner advances and gets the uh the <laughs> they get the gift of playing the number one team in the state huff or uh Mallett Creek. Mallet Creek's a twenty five seed. So if Mallet Creek wins, then either East or Glenn would host that game next week, which I'm so I'm assuming East and Glenn would rather play Mallet Creek than stay in K Vegas. But uh Huff Huff is a beast all upon themselves, nationally ranked number one in the state all year. Uh the only one to give Chambers a loss. So they it, it's getting a lot of recruited
0: quarterback down there too.
2: Man, they got, they got a lot of dudes down there. It's getting thick but the three three six ain't scared of nobody. So we'll see what happens. We're we're well, only at half a lot in. of
0: recruit that don't mean nothing. <laughs> no, you're that's right. the one thing hey, they can do. Right. That's the
2: one thing they can do is recruit. It's just getting them to do the X's and O's on the field. That's the hey, that's the situation.
0: Wait, wait. Hey, when Big Trav get down there, look at that defensive line. Him, yeah, him, it's going to be. They're going to be. They're
2: gonna be all right. oh, yeah, they're going to be okay. So I, I ain't worried about them. They are just young. They young pups. That's all. But we're gonna kick it off with the NFL blitz like we normally do. Um, there was a couple stories that were floating around, and then on Thursday I started hearing this story about Bucks wide receiver Antonio Brown, um, who has been a regular on various shows that I know me, Brandon and, and Rod have done over the past two years with his hijinks. Um, this is the first Antonio Brown story that Jalen's going to be a part of. And it's him. He obtained a fake COVID ID vaccination card, uh, alleges his former chef. Uh, the, the Tampa Bay Times reported on Thursday that uh, according to Stephen Ruiz, who was a former former personal chef for Brown, Brown had his girlfriend reach out to Ruiz over the summer to obtain a fake vaccination card that said Brown had received the Johnson and Johnson shot. According to the text messages, uh, the the girlfriend had offered five hundred dollars for a fake card. I want to stop right there. Is this not the this isn't the first time Antonio Brown got caught doing something stupid and it came out because he underpaid or didn't pay at all. Whoever it was, he was trying to get to do the stupid thing. Am I right on
0: that? I thought like yeah, he did something else. Yeah. It wouldn't be a.
2: First, something.
3: First of all, <laughs> what do you first do? of all, all of this is alleged. First of all, I mean, um, what, what true. Is, what is what? Uh, the Buccaneers—they <laughs> came out with a statement and said that you know, everyone that presented them with a vaccination card, uh, they were given to the NFL and everything was cleared as a okay. Oh so man, that was, see, that's just, that,
2: that's the Bucks covering their own listen, behind. I
0: you, okay, <laughs> I, understand yeah. That. Yeah. I
3: feel you. But what I do believe happened here is that. This uh personal chef probably didn't re- receive full payment for all the services that he rendered. Mm-hmm. And then he probably, you know, wanted to start the pot up a little bit. So that's what I think from my perspective as to what's going on. Because eh. A B does have a he does have a history of not, not clearing his tabs. <laughs> clear <laughs>
2: that's man, what I don't understand. Mind. He's got the money. It's not like he's broke. Absolutely.
0: Take like, hey, this well, dude well, is five might, Or, or, him, or just we or, or know. you know, he could just get the shot.
2: Like, yeah, just get the shot. <laughs> like, I <I'm> mean, <hooked. laughs>
4: first of all, first of all, I want to know who his connection is with the vaccination calls, cause because I it's a market out there for them. I could really roll on that. I need to know who his contact is so I can get rolling on that thing. People see be Ron. asking me about that, you know.
2: See, Rod out, out in the corner.
4: <laughs> hey, hey, I got COVID.
2: I got them COVID hey, cards. I got them hey, COVID cards.
4: And then, and 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 <laughs> second of all, this dude a b he might be broke man i don't know maybe that's why he's not paying his bills he does he flexing on
0: instagram man yeah i don't
4: think he's broke hold on let me go get his net worth because he does some stupid things man we don't know if he owes money in lawsuits settlements all kinds of stuff and this brother i know he should have had a lot more money than what he has after flipping out with the pittsburgh steelers but I'm yeah. surprised that this man has not actually commented himself. I don't know if his lawyer is holding
0: him that's, back. Yeah, that's his probably not agent.
2: a good idea. Don't <laughs> <I> don't <know. laughs> that don't sound like a good way for a, him to go.
0: It wouldn't be an NFL season without A.B. making headlines.
2: Something, yeah. man. Now, yeah, he ain't broke. His current, According to Clutch Points, uh, this was in April of 2021, his current estimated net worth was sitting at $20 million.
0: And you know that's probably double what he, uh, he probably got double because they he don't should have him. plenty more yeah.
2: money than that than twenty million. I'm sorry,
0: he I mean, had, long,
4: long well he, in the league you only worth twenty million. Come on, yeah, he
2: he blew through some cash because he his went after the final year of his rookie contract. He re reup with the Steelers for five years and forty two point five million. Uh, I forgot how much Antonio Brown was destroying the league. This dude's stats while he was with the Steelers are just oh, yeah. ridiculous. First <laughs> yeah, the, then he signed another extension with Pittsburgh for sixty-eight million, and then uh, but he didn't finish that deal out. Got sent to the Raiders. They the Raiders voided that because the Raiders gave him some money too, but then they, they were going to give him thirty something
4: They were going to give him yeah. thirty some million dollars for like two, year, or either yeah. or two, two years, or the one up to Then they voided
2: all that. It was a uh yeah. the same day Brown was traded from Pittsburgh to Oakland. He signed a three year fifty point one two five million restructured contract extension, uh with the Raiders, and he didn't even make it to uh regular season at day one. I think he got let go in the uh, training camp because he was That's just. It. And that big, was that I year. That was the year. That was the year where every Saturday morning on the rundown, we were like, what did Antonio Brown do this week? And
4: it'd be hey. like, yeah, that's when he <laughs> was getting his this, feet though. done in the cold chamber. <laughs> or yeah, or he's getting all his
0: feet. <laughs> yeah. a-, 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 B- a-, B- a, B, three for three, though. My boy said uh, Juju wasn't nothing without him. We saw that. He said a- Big Ben a- a- was trash. We seeing that. A- a- and he said John Gruden was a racist. <laughs> where he at?
2: Yeah, I mean it's great because Keyshawn Johnson was kind of echoing that stuff for years, and everyone's kind of brushed it off, and we never really got into the John Gruden stuff. But like one week, and I think John Gruden is suing the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, because he's saying like he gonna win out of all these. Yeah, out all these emails y'all had, y'all put out mine.
3: Why y'all put out just mine? And yeah, you
2: know, yeah
3: he definitely won, got he, he a gonna, win. He uh, gonna win. He's gonna win that full contract that Oakland signed him for. But
2: best believe that he gonna hit he signed a He signed yeah, he signed ten years, hundred million, and he was in what year? Four? Yeah, they, yeah. 60 so, million oh, still. they gave him the yeah. on
3: that contract. because
2: <laughs> and there ain't no non-guaranteed money 650,000
3: emails there's no way. His was the only one with some with a little dirt on him. Man, that's no, I, absolutely not.
2: So, I don't know we'll find out what's going on with this Antonio Brown. He's hurt right now anyway. Like I don't even think he's playing right now. He's been in the booth yeah. for 4 weeks. Yeah, so I mean that we'll see what happens in Tampa's and to tailspin themselves right now. They've lost uh I think they've lost three straight. So, uh we on? on two straight. We'll well, mm-hmm. hopefully it'll be three because I don't like Tampa. Um, we're going to move <laughs> on to <laughs> something else. I saw uh, as we make our, our, our way around uh, the Blitz. My one of my favorite athletes of all time, Bo Jackson, is going to make video game history with his first Madden cover. Three de- three decades after starring in Tech Mobile, the retired running back becomes a face of Madden NFL 22. Um, I don't. I know Jalen and Brandon, y'all are the younger guys that are on this panel, but uh, Bo was a problem. Like if Bo Bo shouldn't have. If Bo hadn't got hurt, Bo would probably be in the Hall of Fame in two different sports.
0: Oh, easily, man! I think the best thing about it for him is he don't got to worry about the bag curse at this point.
2: Yep. yeah, yeah. Actually, they asked him that. There's a great interview on, uh, on theundefeated.com. Shout out to my boy John X. Miller, who's uh, one of the editors over there. And uh, it just it's it's cool that they're doing this. And really, Tech Mobile was one of my favorite football games ever. But we got to the point where we had to ban anybody from using the Raiders because you couldn't. It was unfair. Bo was untacklable. I don't even know if that's a word. Untacklable. I don't think that's a word. I think I just made that up. But you definitely you could did. <laughs> You <laughs> couldn't. You couldn't <laughs> touch the dude. To like, bring it was down. crazy. I don't, I don't know why the the Japanese creators of this game thought Bo Jackson was some kind of like Greek god or something. But he was he, built they, <laughs> like one. Yeah, and they only gave him that one play. He only had that one play. It was a sweep to the right. And that was it. And there was nothing else oh. in there. Even if you moved him around.
4: Oh, yeah. He, oh was, yeah. he was the man. And listen, the reason why they felt he was that way anytime you got a guy like Marcus Allen, a Hall of Fame running back, and when Bo Jackson comes on the scene in October, you make Marcus Allen sit the bench. I mean, you can't help but yeah. make him the man yeah, okay, That's Bobo.
0: true, man. That's I true. Mean, Marcus Allen was a problem himself.
2: Marcus Allen's probably a top fifteen running back of all time. And you are gonna bench Marcus after week six because Bo showed up off a of baseball <laughs> field uh-huh. <laughs> like every
3: every year? <laughs> not Absolutely even how in it football shape
2: out. yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, literally, he would just show up and, like he was playing football as a hobby. Like, who does that? Who goes and plays pro football as a hobby? <laughs> and it, it, he would not even go to training camp or nothing. He would just pop up like around, right around middle of October he pop up about week six and go out and get 120-some yards and three touchdowns yeah. against the Broncos. You're just yeah. like, what? After seven weeks, he leading the league in rushing. So this brings up a good question, though. Is there any athlete you can think of right now that you would either want to see or could play two different sports?
0: I mean, I think the obvious one would be LeBron James.
2: Not at 30. Well, how does LeBron? Not, not,
0: I'm saying – Are you like at his time? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, LeBron – Yeah, is
2: a I'd like to see right Anthony Edwards yeah. yeah. get
3: out there.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Edwards is built for it. Didn't I he play shit. football? I think he played yeah. football. He was,
3: a, he was a top recruit in football.
2: Yeah. Apparently,
0: uh, he threw a ninety-mile-per-hour fastball too. I don't yeah. know how true that
2: is. <laughs> huh, what about what about yeah. Kyler Murray? Now, Kyler Murray probably—I wonder yeah, if he had the opportunity oh, yeah. to do both because uh, he was a uh, uh, top He, was draft. Draft pick. he, was he drafted got drafted
0: in, in the first round. The yeah, first
2: yeah. Round. I wonder yeah. if his contract stipulates with the cards that he can't play baseball because somewhere along the way, like. When we were coming up, dual sports guys were don't all don't over. Well, he, cho- he chose. He chose football. He chose. Yeah, with with yeah. I don't think that. you can stipulate it. And even yeah. with with uh, with Bo and with Dion, it was kind of reversed. If I'm not mistaken, Bo's contract was with baseball, and when baseball ended, then he would go play football. Dion's contract was with the Falcons. And the Falcons would make concessions yeah. for him to stay on with the Braves. The Braves made a run, but usually the Braves were already done by the time, <laughs> you know, by the time football season football really kicked stuff. off. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, uh, yeah, he kind of rotated between them. And then uh, watch uh, Dion's double play of uh, the thirty for thirty on ESPN. Oh, yes, yeah, a, a good, yeah, one. that was a crazy day. Him playing in the World Series and then playing. Uh, Sunday afternoon, yeah, and then going back and playing game six or whatever it was, or well, they actually didn't put him in the game, but he made it back. Um, And then they lost the World
3: Series. And they lost
2: Mm -hmm. the World Series, but
0: hey. Shout out to the Braves, though. I was going to say, guess
2: who's World Series champs right now? That's crazy that the Braves win the whole thing, and uh, of course we don't even talk baseball on franchise players, so y'all if you listen to this show, you had no idea. (laughs) You had no idea that the Braves won the World Series. (laughs) Um, taking it with uh, Brandon Blakeney, Rob Thunderberg and Jalen Gilkey. Uh, I I I gotta talk about Ace Boogie. Y'all knew I was gonna bring up Ace Boogie somewhere in this segment. We back, we back, we back, we outside. It's crazy right now. (laughs) That like I've never seen the city of Charlotte this hype for both their teams, the Panthers and the Hornets, at the same time because the Hornets. The Hornets just beat uh, the Warriors and the Wizards back to back. Those are the top two teams know, in the East and West.
0: I don't know if y'all saw that crowd that was at the box on uh, against the Warriors, man. But that's the pat- most packed I've ever seen, like the Spectrum Center for a Hornets game. It was well, nuts. And,
2: well, a lot of that's because it was Steph. He's like the 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 oh, yeah. chosen one from Charlotte. And he only comes once a year, so that's always going to be a sellout. But then having the Hornets beat them, mm-hmm. the Hornets remind me of the Warriors in 2015. You know, they they got a. A transcendent star that can be a global star in LaMelo. You got yep. shooters all over the place. They play small ball. That's how they beat the Wizards uh, Wednesday night. They they and, went a small ball lineup. And, and
0: I just want to say, I've been telling y'all about LaMelo Ball since that kid was 15 That back, back, back when.
2: I mean, well, back then when you was telling us about him when he was 15, let's let's be real, Brandon. He was shooting half court shots in high school, and, and like him. <laughs> and sometimes, and sometimes, sometimes and he, he was it really it was really Lamelo you know, versus whatever will, team he was playing against. I will against.
0: say he's grown a lot, but I oh, just yeah. wanted y'all to know we've been speaking the name for some years
2: now. Well, yeah, we've been on Lamelo for a bit, and. Uh, you know, when, when it was draft time, I think all of us were kind of like, go get LaMelo. He's the one out of the three that could really mm-hmm. turn the Hornets into something special. But but back to NFL and Cam Newton, looks like he's going to start against Washington. And look, I, I went to go look up ticket prices when they signed Cam about 10 minutes after they signed him. Mm-hmm. And it had been about an hour or so after the word broke out that they were talking to him. So everybody kind of knew they were going to sign him. StubHub, the tickets had already doubled in like an hour mm-hmm. for this, this yep. Washington game because it's – it's not only Cam Newton coming home, but it's also the homecoming for former head coach Ron Rivera. Uh, there's multiple former Panthers on the Washington football team roster. Uh, but this is the first home game since they re-signed Cam. And uh, that iconic coming out the tunnel while the announcers saying, you know, from Auburn, number one quarterback Cam Newton. He raises his hand, and, and the smoke starts going. And, like, you hear the and all that yeah. stuff, man. Oh, I got the chills. Hey, dude, i mean, already this, ready to Sunday go. already feel different, Ooh. man.
0: Ooh. Sundays already feel different. I think, too, man, with Chase Young being out, that's a yep. big blow for Washington.
2: Washington got a quarterback. They only really got any players. Like, I, I don't know how they're even playing right now, but Taylor Heineke Is it Taylor Honeke? Yeah, he's the quarterback Yeah, right he's
4: now. the quarterback. He's and, of course, uh,
2: Terry McLaurin is his number one receiver. Uh, uh, yeah, Curtis Samuel's been hurt. So.
3: I, can see, I, I can see the Panthers winning the next three, man. I can see.
2: They play uh, Washington, and then they got Miami after this, and then yep. they got the Falcons, and then they get a bye.
0: I think uh, that's definitely three winnable games for those guys. Plus, they're
2: they're in the seventh seed right now in the playoffs. Like, that's the thing that I circled when I was looking at the the, uh, the records. Only nine AFC teams are over 500 right now. Only six in the NFC, they're over 500. I can see the
0: Panthers winning it. Uh, yes.
3: and,
2: and the Panthers I are mean, only looks, one yeah. game behind Tampa. And Tampa is right. playing very good right now. now like, they're slumping
0: right they're now. They're slumping. Yeah. So, I mean, and, I'm and, not going to sit
2: yeah. here and be a homer so, yeah. and be like, the Panthers are going to win yeah. the division and all that stuff. I'm yeah. taking it one you week got, at a time. Yeah. The there you go. So, I don't know. And, forget, I'm get, and don't so. forget,
4: and don't forget this, Dez. Tampa is still got to face the Carolina Panthers twice, and twice you know Sam Newton is undefeated mm-hmm. against Tom
2: yep. Brady, you and know, the Panthers yep. still boast the second overall top defense in the league. That's never faltered, even with uh, Sam Darnold and his uh, buffoonery. I mean, like <laughs> Shaq
0: Thompson and Jeremy Chinn. Man, they've been playing some really good ball.
2: Shaq Thompson's been playing great, like all pro level, and the Pro Bowl voting just opened, so Shaq definitely deserves some love, but. I think it was a perfect storm between Shaq getting healthy, McCaffrey. We saw – what's his name? P.J. Walker. Everybody's talking about how he had a good game. If you watch that game, literally he checked down to Christian McCaffrey over half of the throws that he threw. And McCaffrey just did the work. And that's really. literally why Sam Darnold looked good the first three weeks. He was just chucking down to Christian McCaffrey. He just
0: got to stay healthy, man. That's yeah. the only thing. He just got to stay healthy.
2: I think he's a top five overall player in the league when he's healthy. Like, oh, no, he's, I mean, he, I
0: think he's the best running back in the league, maybe. I do, too. You know, you could say Derrick Henry, too. But, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, 100%, yeah, at full health, I think McCaffrey's that guy.
2: I mean, McCaffrey, you can. I mean, he's basically the best slot wide receiver in the league, too. So, I mean, you he does a little more than what Derrick Henry does. So, uh, I would agree with that. When he's healthy, I think he's one of the best players, period, in the league. So, you got him back. Now, Cam is back in the house. And uh, I was talking to Skylar Callahan about this, my co-host on the Believe in Panther podcast. When Cam scored that first touchdown in Arizona on that run, uh, just look at the reaction of Christian McCaffrey.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: he started like doing some kind of crazy dance or something and people were asking him what was that he was yeah. like I don't know
0: he was doing the retarded Steph- he was doing the
2: retarded Steph- <laughs> Stephon Curry
4: shimmy yeah. <laughs> but
2: but yeah, as soon as basketball. he crosses it yeah. he just starts breaking out dancing and I'm just like you know what I'm having fun I'm having fun watching the Panthers game I have not had any fun in months mm-hmm. watching the Panthers game what game was it Jalen that you messaged me the, the Panthers just just was stinking it up. I can't might, was have been, it might have been might have been the Giants game. My oh man. yeah, and you you said something, and I was just like, man, I ain't even got nothing to say. Like this is like I feel like I'm getting punished.
3: Let me scroll and find it. Yeah, because I oh, can't – you was, said something, yeah. you're
0: like <laughs> – nah, that Vikings yeah. game was kind of was – That was high, bad, man. too. You know, that's the, that's the squad up here in North Dakota, so we covered them, so I'll be on the Vikings. And, oh, we're – the I Vikings mean, are the team up there? I guess they yeah, are the
2: closest. Yeah, yeah
0: they – yeah, we – I mean, we like 15 minutes from Minnesota, so timberwolves Vikings. but with that game, man, I mean, I think the defense for the Panthers played really, really well for, they in played, that game.
2: Yeah, throughout all of it, but I look back now, some of the losses, like, to the Giants uh, – to the Eagles because they were mm-hmm. winning that game. They just let both those games go. I've never seen a team crumble because of the play of one player like I've seen this Panther team do with oh, Sam yeah. donald Sam
0: Darnold is out of here.
2: Yeah, he's never playing for the Panthers again. If he is, there's gonna be a riot in Charlotte because we <laughs> we literally last week <laughs> the, the title of the podcast last week was uh the Sam Darnold episode or something. And it was like we just literally spent the whole hour. Talking about why we did not want to see Sam Darnold in a uniform again, like any uniform. I'm just <laughs> like, you know, saying,
0: man, he, he stinks the whole time. I knew <laughs> that, like, a change in senior doesn't matter. You either like he might be good at some things, he really might be in life. Everybody got talent, football <laughs> just not one of them.
2: No, no. <laughs> and the whole thing, like, I'm seeing ghosts or whatever that he said a couple years ago playing the Patriots. Maybe he is because some of the interceptions he threw as a Panther were, I, I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, why are you throwing there? <laughs> There's no one there. or there's two defenders there and no Panther. Why are you throwing there? Like he just had the weirdest thing going on, and it had to have gotten bad for the Panthers to swallow their pride and call Cam Newton and ask him to come in. And then and the play to injury for this man. Yeah, and then the play to dude after one day of practice, like it got to the <laughs> point where <laughs> he know it was bad. We're like, I think the team was about to revolt.
0: I mean, you if, saw Robbie Anderson on the side. I thought man. he was with both hands. Be, I, yeah. thought put, <laughs> I thought
2: he was going to put the paws on that man. <laughs> he was he was frustrated. And there's a meme going around of that picture of Robbie staring at Sam Darnold from that day. And then right beside it, side by side, is a picture of him and Cam taking the selfie at the mm-hmm. press conference the next week. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, dang, what a difference a week makes. Like the Panthers were left for dead. And now we're sitting there talking about, hey, they might be able to strain together some things and go to the playoffs. And who's going to want to play? a Panther defense, a stingy defense with uh, McCaffrey running the ball in January.
0: And you know, see Cam Newton, Cam Newton just slid in day one and took that team over. I mean, even on the took sidelines you can see those guys are around him, listening to him. He's in the huddles. He's, he's on the sidelines coaching these guys. And when you was watching Darnold, bro, like the, the guys didn't even want to be near this man. No, nah, they were
2: sitting beside P.J. Walker. They'd go over there and sit with him. Sam would just sit over there by himself, sulking, like, oh, I'm having a bad day. Like, I want I don't want to, like, incite violence, but, like, I really want to hurt Sam Donald. <laughs> like, I feel like <laughs> I feel like he cost me a month of my NFL season, and I want it back, and it, I can't get it back. But the best thing the parents could have did was sign Cam Newton. Uh, it was one of them emotional things where it's like, when it happened, I kept being told it would never happen, and then it happened. And then for Cam to come out and play the way he did on eight plays, two touchdowns, just storybook. So they got to keep this thing going. Like I wouldn't put too much pressure on him this Sunday. Honestly, I do a lot of RPO with him and McCaffrey because that was the whole point. Like, how are you going to defend this? And, He's never had two wide receivers like Robbie Anderson and DJ yeah. Moore at the same time. And a no, defense this is like the most this.
0: talent he's played with I by mean, far. Yeah. Yeah. So. He, I mean, you saw what he did with Ted Ginn and those guys. So
2: mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that the 2015 team had Fozzie Whitaker at
0: running and, back. Uh, <laughs> <on that>? Philly <laughs> Brown.
2: Yeah. they had Philly Brown at wide receiver and he dragged them to 15 and one. So I mean, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. He's 32. He's not gonna be 2015 Cam Newton, but he don't he just has to be better than Sam Darnold. That's all he has to do, and the fans are going to love it, eat it up. Um, but when I was talking about that emotional aspect of it, I thought about that, and I'm going to bring you guys a little bit back a little bit later on in the show, and we're going to talk about, as a fan, I want you guys to give me the worst losses you've experienced as a sports fan in your life. So you guys will be back in a little bit. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Franchise Players on SpackerRoadSportsRadio.com.
1: In professional sports. A franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future.
2: Welcome back to Franchise Players here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, a loaded show today, a uh, a high school playoff football edition of Franchise Players. Uh, Of course, Joe Serrero will be on a little bit later on today to preview all of the local teams still active. It's the third round of the North Carolina High School Athletic Association playoffs, plus give us a big preview of that huge one we'll have later on tonight, East Forsyth going over across town to take on Glenn. Uh, Probably the biggest high school football game in the state, two top 10 ranked teams going after each other, two rivals. We'll have it all here for you on uh, WTOB 96.7 FM and 980 AM, uh, WCOG 1320 AM, and of course, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Joining me right now is the host of the Believe and Hornets podcast. It's Sam Dracula coming back to uh, join us here on Franchise Players. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Pretty good.
2: Yeah, no problem, man. I'm, I'm going to try to make sure you're in more uh, as a regular hor- Hornets correspondent for us throughout the year because we might have something cooking in Charlotte. Charlotte, <laughs> you know what? Charlotte might have had the best week ever last week. Uh, they used to be one of my favorite shows on VH1 back in the day, best week ever, mm-hmm. where they would just go through all the stuff that happened the week prior. Mm-hmm. Charlotte would be a nominee for best week ever last week because of uh, the, the Hornets had come in on a five-game slide. They're now on a four-game winning streak. And, of course, Mr. Ace Boogie Cam Newton came back to Carolina uh, last week and the Panthers won a game just feels like a whole new something going on uh, in the Queen City. The Hornets defeated the Wizards on Wednesday night and then they beat the Warriors before that. in back to back games that was over the current number one teams in the East and the Western Conference. What would you say are the vibes
1: around this team right now? Do you, do you feel like that they can play with anyone? Yeah, like this team is fearless um, outside of some slow starts in the first quarter. Um, they, this team doesn't back down against anybody even during mismatches in the front court guys like daniel gafford who may average like four rebounds a game like in the league and they play the hornets will get like 12 or 13 even like those individual performances or like uh standouts don't scare this team off like they continue to fight and i think they can go toe-to-toe with anybody as we've seen recently as long you know, as long as they can avoid the state of California, they'll be fine. <laughs> that's that for me, honestly, that's been the only weakness I've seen from <laughs> thus far from the squad. They did, they were out in California for a foot like
2: two weeks. They had a, oh, a road trip out there and lost like five games. Well, they lost one here and then went out there and lost four and yeah. lost to that Golden State team. I watched that Golden State team, I think the opening week of the season, they played the Lakers, I think, in the tip-off. And I was shocked at how good they were. Like I did not plan on Golden State being this good. Uh, with no clay, with no uh, James Wiseman. uh, I just felt like it would be a one-man show, but I kind of forgot how the Warriors play. Like, I think having Durant there those couple of years made people forget why the Warriors were so good in the first place. Yep. And it's almost like Steve Kerr has rebuilt the same thing he did in 2016 or whatever, just pretty much it's all about ball movement, youth. Uh, The ball rarely touches the ground. There's not a lot of ISO or anything like that, and – a guy like Steph Curry, he doesn't need the ball in his hands for a long period of time to score thirty points. Like he literally is a the ultimate, you know, stop and pop shooter. And he might, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think Steph Curry is the best player in the league right now. Would you Would you agree with that? Or is there somebody else out there you would say is better than Steph? The way Steph's playing?
1: Oh, I, I think Steph's the MVP right now. Um, by He's far. out of his mind at, at this point. Yeah, and you know, going back to that that construction of that Warriors roster. Like Jordan Poole is gonna give Miles a run for his money for most improved, right? You look at Jonathan Kaminga, a guy that, you know, was like 18 years old playing in the G League last year, and he's coming in not in a lot of minutes, but when he's on the floor, he looks like to be like a really locked down defender. Like from all angles, this Warriors team is looking really interesting and competitive and like scary. And then you gotta imagine when you mentioned Wiseman and Klay Thompson coming back at some point (laughs) this year, that's gonna take the squad to a whole nother level. And so like when the Hornets played them you know, the Hornets, I kid about the state of North Carolina being their only weakness really defensively is where the Hornets really struggle. And, you know, you look at the shooters that the Warriors have, and You're just like, oh man, here we go. Steph's going to put up 50 against us. Mm-hmm. And they really focused him. They really locked him down. And guys like Jordan Poole stepped up in a big way in that first matchup. And in the return game, Jordan Poole didn't get anything off and Steph was kind of cold. So like the Hornets team, this Hornets squad is uh, doing a good job of adjusting um, in short bursts, which is, which has been nice to see. But yeah, that Warriors team is really cool. And I'm I know I don't know if it's like I think, I think it's kind of like frowned upon to root for the Warriors because of the success <laughs> they've had, but I, I don't care. Like they've built that team through the draft. I know they had a super team with Durant and all that, but the core of that team was through the draft. And you, you can't I I can't I can't hate on it because that's what we're trying to do here in Charlotte: build through the draft. And if it works, it works.
2: You know, honestly, I look at the Warriors as the blueprint for what the Hornets are trying to do right now, you know, Uh, because you're right. The Warriors did build through the draft other than the super team with when they brought Durant over. And really, that was just to beat LeBron is really what what it was. I mean, LeBron had just beat them. They turn around and sign Durant and then they're in the the finals two years in a row. But you're right. Most of that core was drafted and it's kind of the same blueprint. You got to have a guy that's transcendental or transcendent that can actually be like a global star, which they have in Steph. I think the Hornets have it in LaMelo ball. Uh, you have to have good shooters around you, uh, young legs, and the Warriors who just quietly over the past two years have kind of restocked their team with young, fresh legs around that trio of Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson, who I saw at the beginning of the week, has been cleared for all activities and is now running five-on-five. Five. So Klay may be back here by uh, maybe beginning of December. Um, and, and keep in mind, Clay hasn't really played in two seasons. So we'll we'll yep. see – uh, what the Warriors do? Yeah, we got Gary Payton Jr. dunking on everybody. Like, dude, yeah. I didn't know Gary Payton Jr. had hops like that. My man's yeah, like looking down. <laughs> he's, he's looking down into the rim when he's dunking yeah. on people. I'm like, wow, what is, what is going on in Golden State? And I thought Stephen A. was crazy because he was picking them back in the summer, and I'm like, I just wow, don't yeah. see it. I have no idea how the Warriors are going to be able to get through the West, and they look like they're going to be able to easily do this. But uh, a year ago Thursday, the Hornets drafted Lamelo Ball with the third overall pick of the 2020 draft. What would you say, Sam, is the biggest area of growth that you've seen with LaMelo
1: in the past year? So from the beginning of the 2020 season to where we are at now? Uh, I'd say the efficiency. Um, I I think a shot selection and just, I think he's always had confidence, but I think the efficiency has been the biggest thing for me because like off, we had his rookie year. We had the initial, like the initial run where he wasn't playing as often as people like. He had the starter run, then he got hurt, and then the post injury run. And that post injury run was really was really the, the the worst part of his playing career of his rookie year. And for him to come back in his second year and show no signs of those final ten games and just right right back to where he is again, right? Just under twenty points, seven and seven. You know, forty from the floor that can be improved right now, but forty percent from three is really good. Ninety percent from the free throw line, like Lamelo. LaMelo's he's a he's, he's like very very legit and I'm I'm glad you know the the game is back is like is matching the hype because the really scary thing is he's still kind of a rookie he's only played 67 games like he mm-hmm. hasn't as far as NBA service time he hasn't finished his rookie year yet and when he had when he has like logs 100 200 games in his career building on this experiences like I think LaMelo like sky's the limit truthfully you know if you could just add like a turnaround jumper in the in the in the paint a la like demar Derozan style using that mm-hmm. height advantage over smaller guards and improve like his uh, position on defense a little bit Lamel's going to be an all nba play what was he 19, 20? Yeah, 19 uh, 20 yeah 20 yeah he turned no, 20, he just turned 20.
2: Yeah, yeah so i mean wow yeah so uh pretty crazy that uh that lamello has an opportunity to be not just like a, a Kimball Walker level star, but like a global star coming yep. out of Charlotte. And uh, it doesn't sound like he's interested in going anyplace else anytime soon that he loves being in Charlotte. So uh, I want to go back to Golden State and the Wizards, uh, the two teams that uh, the Hornets beat uh, this week. They're at the top of the NBA standings. The Wizards lead the East at 11-4. and four. Uh, The Warriors lead the West at 12-2. and two. The Bucks are in 11th place in the East, the defending champs. The, the, the Lakers are 500 in the West.
1: What team, good or bad, has been the biggest surprise to you so far this season? Oh, it's got to be the Wizards. Um, they, what they've done, what that front office has pulled off, they, they had the, the injured John Wall two years ago, right? They flip him for Russell Westbrook. they And they make it into the playoffs with Russell Westbrook, so credit to them. And they flip Russell Westbrook, and they get, like, four or five like really good players, like, We, as Hornets fans, we've seen the depth issues that, like, when what happens when you have depth issues? The Wizards added like four or five guys that are proven playoff guys, yeah, that can fit in with each other. Like, they've been playing with each other, a they have that chemistry already coming in, and they have something to prove with the new head coach. Like, this Wizard squad shouldn't like has no reason to be this good, but they are and they deserve it. And it's uh, it's really cool to see because, again, like, when you as as a smaller market team you want you want to see success out of other smaller market teams um like not but what I mean that is like non la non New York teams because like all right if they can do it we can do it and you see that all right they they cashed in on a big old asset from with by, uh, with Russell Westbrook and uh they, they got in a lot of good players from it um but the the bucks you know the bucks sitting at 11th is also a shocker but like Middleton I think just came back you know yeah. so they'll be fine in the long run um because this Giannis is way too good, just way too good to not make the playoffs. Like, like at the season end today, the they wouldn't be in the play-in. Like there's there's no way that's happening, you know.
2: Yeah, and Giannis kind of took it to Anthony Davis the other night as yeah. the, the Bucks beat the Lakers uh, <laughs> uh midweek this week. According to basketball reference, the Hornets have the tough have had the toughest schedule to date in the NBA. They're on a four game win streak right now. Uh they play tonight versus the Pacers uh this Friday night. Uh, how surprised are you with the Hornets play
1: and give a player from the Hornets to keep your eye on over the next couple of weeks? oh the next couple of weeks um so in like as far as the surprises go i guess like uh the, the growth out of miles bridges we should, no one should be surprised That's really my fault i'm internalizing this because we've seen miles get better every single year even you know he, he bet on himself in college by going back for another year and then you know saying no to the extension this off season, to bet on himself he's gonna get big paid this summer mm-hmm. hopefully mitch kupchak please pay miles don't let him go yes, anywhere please <laughs> but like the confidence for him to double his volume like his shot attempts per game doubled and he still maintains his very good efficiency is incredible he's a team's leading scorer you know with Devonte and malik going you're like all right where's the offense gonna come from and miles bridges is like hold my beer i got this and he's he's, he's run with it he's absolutely run with it. so i continue to watch him he's he he's the key you know like i think we mellow is amazing but you can't do it alone and miles and Lamelo together if those guys are on their game it's something special it really is something special and i just hope we get pj back soon you know the the, the hyper extended elbow on his um on his left arm there it's really brutal not having him like not being able to turn to him um mm. in tough games but to the like the to the bench player's credit guys like uh, Nick Richards, Jalen McDaniels, Cody Martin, they, they've stepped up um, throughout the year, whether P.J. was around or not. So the Hornets on, in their bench play has been a nice surprise as well. Um, Yeah, I, I'm here for it. Yeah, I was going to say this
2: Hornets team feels like one of the deepest Hornets teams I can remember. Borrego could literally go. 10 11 12 down the the bench if he has to to bring yeah. guys in so uh and,
1: and since the bench is so nice and they're not even bothering playing the rookies you know like yeah, yeah. two first round draft picks sitting <laughs> on the bench going back and forth with charlotte and greensboro because the bench play guys like ish cody P, uh jalen are all playing so well there's no room for the rookies and like i i didn't expect kai jones to be involved much at all because he's such a project of a prospect uh, but for uh, Book night to not get it beginning. Yeah, that's surprising. Is, yeah, it's surprising, especially because Terry missed all that time early in the year. I thought for sure we see Book night in the mix. But, you know, it's a long season and, and Brego, um, he, he likes his guys. So I, I can't fault it. It's working. I got to say, the Hornets,
2: especially over the past three years or so, really since Mitch Kupchak got here. They, they may have one of the best player development yes. programs in the NBA between the Swarm and then bringing them up to the Hornets and the way they use these guys, sending them back down, bringing them back up. They really they really truly treat the Swarm like a minor league baseball team, which is the way they're supposed to be treated. And because of it the Swarm, at any given random year, you're going to have some guys on the Swarm roster. You're like, wow, how did they get all these guys on this roster? Yeah. It's been Mitch <laughs> Kupchak and his drafting. His second round drafting record with the Hornets is crazy in terms of what he's been able to find uh, in the second round. And now those guys are getting mature and older. They've been, they've gotten minutes planned for the swarm some late uh, in the Hornet season last year. And now they're part of the rotation. Like Nick Richards, he's a great example of a guy Mm -hmm. that they drafted in the second round and Cody uh, Martin, Jalen Cody Martin. Yeah. All those guys were second round picks by the Hornets. And now they're key parts of the rotation and they're all young. They're all like under the age of 25, I think. So, uh, a lot of talent in Charlotte, thanks to Mitch Kupchak and his drafting and Barrego in their development. Real quick, Hornets and Hornets and Pacers, seven PM uh, Friday night. Who is the bigger star in Charlotte in two years, Lamelo Ball or Cam
1: Newton? Oh, so, uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna say, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna say, say Lamelo because, like, all right, I, for 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 you and everyone else listening, I'm a transplant to Charlotte. I moved here. Uh, right before the the like the that panther season went to, when they went to the super bowl uh, uh 2015. Late 2015 yeah uh, was when i moved to charlotte and when cam was the mvp of the league i saw luke Keekley jerseys everywhere i couldn't believe it i was like there seemed to be like a real imbalance here in hmm. jersey sales in charlotte from what just from my, my anecdotal evidence of um like you have the mvp of mvp quarterback how's the linebacker outselling his outselling him yeah. Um <laughs> but that being said um, I think LaMelo is an incredible, incredible athlete and basketball player. And he has the youth on his side. Because Cam, I think, is a, a kind of known, known asset, no known quantity, right? LaMelo, we don't know what he'll turn into. He could be an all-star this year next year. And then from there, just kind of catapult up. So I, I would go, I would say LaMelo in this instance. That's fair.
2: And I will say that they're kind of cut from the same cloth. Uh, they kind of dress, kind of funky. Yeah. Uh, they both kind of walked to the beat of their own drummer, and uh, to be honest, this is the first time I can think of in my lifetime where Charlotte's had more than one national sports celebrity, you know, at Mm -hmm. one time, you know, and not on the same team, you know, with the Hornets and the Panthers basically sharing Charlotte for the past 25 years. I was just thinking back: is there a time when the city was just this excited about its sports teams? And I, I can't really think of one uh, that 20, that 2015 Panthers season when they went 15 and one and probably should have won the Super Bowl is the closest I can think of other than, you know, way back and the, like the, the Larry Johnson, Zoe, Muggsy, uh, Hornets that won their first playoff series against the Celtics and Larry Bird like back in the day, like that. Maybe that, but that was small scale compared to what we're potentially looking at now. Uh, Hornets sitting in the five seed as we sit here right now, let's see if they can keep their streak going. Follow Sam on Twitter at Sam Dracula. He has a weekly Hornets podcast called the Believe and Hornets podcast. You can find it on the Believe podcast network under Believe podcast at Twitter. Uh, Sam, we'll have you back on again real soon and check in on these Hornets. They seem like they're, uh, they're built for the long haul. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season. Thanks for having me. Coming up, more from Franchise Players here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com.
1: In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future.
2: Welcome back to franchise players here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. The panel back here with me Brandon Blakeney, Rod Funderberg, Jalen Gilkey from WFMY TV. Uh, guys, I, I hinted at it a little bit before I was thinking about this because ESPN actually had an article up about uh, for NFL fans, and I wanted to kind of change the question around to fit us. I want you to talk about the worst loss you've experienced as a sports fan. So we're kind of doing a little barbershop talk like we used to do on the rundown, and I'll just go around the panel, um, and let you guys talk about whichever ones. Um, who want to go first? Who want to go ahead and set this up? I
0: mean, I'm going to just say this. One name comes to mind when you talk about the most painful losses, and that name is Chris Jenkins. Mm. The, the kid mm. out of Villanova. I
1: oh, of I senior
0: in college. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, no. I Marcus oh. Page hit that shot, like, I never felt so much emotion, like, switch that That switch, was such
3: like. a swing, wasn't it? He
0: double-pumped. Like, he double-pumped oh and hit that
2: 3-2. It would have been, like, Jordan 82 iconic <laughs> shot for Carolina if they <laughs> had won that, that national championship. I it mean, was crazy. I'm thinking,
0: like, over time, we got him. It's a wrap. We going yep. to OT. We got the momentum. Chris Jenkins comes down there. And the bad thing about it is he's Joel uh, Berry's stepbrother. So, like, yeah. You know, that's oh, no, crazy. no, no, no. It wasn't
2: him. It was uh, Nate oh, Britt. Was- Nate, Nate, Britt. Britt, Nate Britt, yeah, because Britt. Yeah, I mean, Britt. Britt, uh, yeah. in 2017, Chris Jenkins was sitting behind the Carolina bench at the Final Four as a guest, mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. like, What the hell are y'all doing? <laughs> what the hell are y'all doing? Like, this dude made me cry last year, and y'all got him sitting behind the bench. I know he's Nate Britt's brother or whatever, but he need to watch that at home, like everybody else. I have that written down actually, uh, 2016, Carolina Final Four. Well, thanks for starting off everything with a bang. I <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, Jalen,
3: what uh, what you got? <laughs> well, I'm going to take it to one a moment that y'all might not remember as fondly as I do, but it was January 2012 and my Ravens were in the AFC championship game against Tom Brady mm, I remember and that. Lee Evans was wide open. Mm, and the remember. ball was delivered right on the money with 22 seconds left by Joe Flacco and Lee <laughs> caught the ball and then he didn't catch the ball <laughs> in, in in the end zone down 3 and the not, not even getting a chance to kick a field goal and it was it was a heartbreaking moment but then you know Boys did redeem their next year. Fine, cool, it's fine and dandy. But that was one of the most painful moments of my life. I was sitting there just like, Wow, unbelievable!
2: That's, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, Rod. What, uh, what you got? Well, you,
4: you guys know I'm a you Cowboys fan, t- so take I've back I've to. Got
3: Nineteen
0: sixty six. Hey, I wish I could go
4: back that far. You don't want to go back that far, man. Right, it's it a lot up, better man.
0: for us now.
4: Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> I, w- I wasn't even an itch yet. back that far, I wasn't even
0: an itch at all.
4: So, so I can't quite go back that far. But you know, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. And I got to go back to the 2014 divisional playoff game against the Green Bay Packers where they saw up and down. Ooh. That Dez Bryant <laughs> catches the ball, moves the ball from one hand to the other, comes down, rolls on his back, the ball comes up, but the ball never touches the ground. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. say it's not a catch. Man, I see, the see the catch I all that all the time. A commercial. He just got in I, a commercial <laughs> not too long ago. He said, I caught it.
2: I see that catch all the time in today's NFL and it's rule a catch.
4: I don't All understand how that's not a catch. The ball never hit the ground. I mean, weren't come they, on. Weren't they in Dallas? No, they were in Green Bay. They were in Green Bay? Okay. Yeah. And they Man. replayed it. It was a challenge. Uh, Jason Garrett was on the sideline clapping and looking like he just smelled a fart when they challenged it. That's thing. Good play, guys. Good play, guys. And, I mean, they replayed it, and it was like, yeah, the ball moved. Dez switched the ball. He came down, did a football move. But the ball never hit the ground. That was the mm-hmm. thing for me. To me, if it's not a catch, let the ball hit the ground. Ball yeah. never hits the ground. That's what I didn't understand. I was like, whoa. And
0: that felt like the Cal- – cow. I know we say it every year, and we hear it from every year, but that really felt like that could have been the Cowboys year.
2: Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they were good that year. So, hmm, that's a good one. Um, Brandon took my, one of my top ones. Um, I'm going to – I don't even like saying it out loud. The 2003 Carolina Panthers. Uh, uh Lost Super Bowl 38 to the New England Patriots. Um, To be honest, other than Rams, Titans, I think that Patriots-Panthers Super Bowl, the second half, might be the most exciting second half of a Super Bowl that I can think of. Other than um, Steelers-Cardinals was good. And one of those Patriots-Giants, the one with the the helmet stuck. the Patriots anywhere.
0: Falcons that year was pa- really good in the second half. Well, uh, yeah,
2: that was good if you hated the uh, the Falcons. <laughs> 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 that was enjoyable for that point. But um the, the Panthers, Patriots Super Bowl, Jake Delome against Tom Brady. Uh, nobody thought the Panthers were gonna be there. The Patriots were they had won the Super Bowl the year before, but you know, they were just you know starting this dynasty or whatever. And uh, I just remember the back and forth in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, because the first quarter, I think nobody scored. And the second quarter they started scoring and then it just kept going and going and and just like each team kept topping each other. Uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, the Jake DeLome to Moose Muhammad touchdown pass is in the NFL Hall of Fame as the longest pass completed for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It's like 75 yards or something like that. And that's the one where whenever you see like highlights on NFL films or something. It's like Jake DeLome talking uh, smack to like Willie McGinnis or somebody like to his face. It was right after he threw that pass and caught it for the touchdown. And then, of course, uh, the kick, the missed. uh, Well, not the missed. John Casey. John Casey kicked uh, kicked the, the kickoff out of bounds, which put Tom Brady on like the 40 yard line. And all he needed was a field goal. So really all he needed was like 40 yards to get him in position. And then Adam Vinatieri did what Adam Vinatieri would be known to do. Uh, that was the closest the Panthers have come to winning a Super Bowl. I'll get to their other situation uh, in a bit. <laughs> so anybody got any other ones there that they want to throw out? Because I will say, that too, hurt.
0: man, I know we were talking about baseball. I remember the year before the Nats. That's my squad, the Nationals, before they won it. Uh, the best team we probably ever had that year, number one in the league they go and blow a uh, 3-1 lead to the uh, Dodgers that year, and the Astros ended up cheating and winning the, winning the pennant. Mm. But that, that was another tough one for me, man, personally. I'll
4: well, uh, there's, there's This one will make you feel better, if you want to feel a little bit better. I, I always off enjoy of, feeling better. Off, off of my misery, but my misery goes back to 2015 on Thanksgiving, when my Cowboys played <laughs> the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. And the Ooh. Panthers... Was wearing I was, blue I was an and ass blue. Whooping. not only did the Carolina Panthers beat the brakes off of us, beat us like we stole something, treated us like red-headed stepchildren, but they also broke my quarterback's vertebrae. I like mean, for it good. Was, yeah, you couldn't leave last well game. enough alone and just leave us alone and beat us. You broke my quarterback's back. I mean, literally, you oh, broke his back. That was literally the last game was over.
3: was literally the last. That was the that
4: last
2: hurt. game Tony Robo played in his career was that Thanksgiving game. And like, yeah. uh, my that mother-in-law was, was a Cowboys fan and we were sitting in here eating Thanksgiving dinner and she was all loud in the very beginning. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we got something for, cause we were like seven and oh, eight and going into that game. yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of was starting. If you were a Panther fan, you knew, you knew what was about to happen, but the nation didn't know. And they That's came out. the first out just,
0: Thanksgiving game. First and mm, only for yep. the Panthers, man. And they, and they, showed out. Thanksgiving.
2: they showed out in that game. And after that point, they kind of started getting talked about nationally. And, uh, yeah, that was, man, good times, man. 2015 I just remember that fun. pick six. No, nah, I mean, was it wasn't teams. good times for me, but like no. I said, it <laughs> might make you feel better. Yeah, it makes <laughs> me feel a little better. It makes me feel a little better. But, then, I mean, since we're on that vein, 2015, that's actually on my list, 2015 Panthers Super Bowl. I've said it. We've done the greatest NFL team of all time with 64 teams and took us a whole summer to get through it. I've said it in there. I continue to say it. I think I told Jalen last week these, the same thing. If that Panthers team had won the Super Bowl, they would be considered a top three NFL team of all time.
0: Easily, They would have been 18
2: and one. They'd have been the only NFL champion with 18 wins. Uh, One of only three with one loss. Um, They had the the league's MVP on it. They had the NFL coach of the year coaching it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had the top defense. I mean, what do you want? Like they were the league's high scoring team. They would have been up there with the, the eighty five Bears and the, the eighty 39 Hunters and the and the Dolphins undefeated man, Dolphins.
0: Man, I'm telling you right now, I don't know if it's a conspiracy or what, but they wanted to send Peyton Manning off in the sunset with that Super Bowl because ain't no way.
2: Man, that game was just weird. It just I remember because I was actually uh, I was actually working at a Papa John's when that was going on, and Super Bowl was big for like pizza places. And I had already said, "Look, man, I I got something to do. I can't <laughs> I can't work today." And they were like, "No, nah, everybody got to work today." And it was one of those situations where I had to go in, and I'm like, "Well, don't put me on the road because I ain't getting stuck on the road till nine o'clock. My Panthers are in the Super Bowl. No one's going to happen again. Let me stay in here and route orders, and you can let me go when the game starts." So they did that, but I was still there for about the most of the first quarter, and I had prided myself that year on not missing the opening kickoff. It was almost like a. Um, like a superstition or whatever, and I missed the opening kickoff. So when I got home, it was right after I think it was right after the Cam Newton fumble. And or no, 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 I remember what it was. Um uh the, the wide receiver, uh oh god, Jericho Crotcher, he had caught the ball, but they ruled mm-hmm. it was incomplete, and then the next play was uh Cam's fumble or whatever. And from that moment on, man, it just went downhill. But you know something about that game people don't realize. The Carolina Panther defense held the Denver offense to under 200 yards total offense in that game. It would have been the lowest amount uh, uh, you know, allowed in a Super Bowl game by a winning team. But since they lost, people don't really talk about it very often. But uh, that defense was special. That team was special. But they just picked a bad day to have a bad day. Um, so there's that. And then I did actually write down, I don't know if you remember this, Rod, 2012 Carolina versus Kansas uh I think it was uh, elite 8
0: Oh it yeah they got smoked
2: The Harrison Barnes uh Kendall Marshall team they had like yeah. uh, oh, they yeah. I mean, they were smoked. really good yeah I remember uh,
0: Larry Drew <laughs> Larry Drew was the starting point guard on that team at first and they just yep. did not look
2: good they switched mid-season, well, right around the beginning of ACC season, they switched, and Kendall Marshall started getting the start. And then uh, Larry Drew left the team, like literally, like left a note in his room, like "I'm leaving," <laughs> and just didn't tell Roy or nobody. And he was out. I think he transferred to uh, his dad was UCLA. A coach yeah, yeah, he transferred back to the west.
0: He, he went to the where the where twins transferred yep, there as well
2: because the because the where twins were from California too, and. Uh, yeah, man. I remember like they were up. Kansas was up like 42 to 18 or something mm-hmm. in the first half. And I remember Billy Packard just being like, this game is over. This game is over. Like, he literally, like, I, that voice is stuck in my head of him saying that. And then Carolina tried to make a little rally, but at that point, it was just too late. And if I'm not mistaken, Kendall Marshall wasn't playing in that game because he broke his wrist. Yeah. Uh, yep. Lo- lo- uh, the, the, they,
0: they started to the walk on, I think it was uh, uh, the, the kid from Wilmington. Yes.
2: Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Sterling White. White, yep, certainly white, because yep. he he went on like a uh, like a mission, like a Mormon mission or something, mm-hmm. so he was like 25 or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. But uh, he 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 started that game, and uh, because I remember the parallels to 2012 to the 84 Tar Hill team, who a lot of Tar Hill fans consider the greatest Tar Hill team to not win a national championship. And the same thing happened Kenny Smith got his wrist broken right before the uh, the tournament, and they ended up losing like in the, the Sweet 16 or Elite 8 or whatever. But they were the number one team in the country for pretty much the whole year um and same with that 2012 Carolina tarhill team. Uh anybody got any other ones there cuz I'm all bummed out now <laughs> was, Might not have been a good idea No that I
0: think that was definitely a, na- a national title uh Carolina team that year though I just remember Kendall more like how how much better the team looked. I mean even Harrison Barnes he was the number one recruit in his class supposed to be a one and done and They were talking about how he might be overrated, and his points per game went up like eight points as soon as Mm -hmm. Kendall Marshall came in.
2: And Barnes is playing great in the NBA this season. Um, Mm -hmm. He's doing his thing. So, I mean, yeah, that team was loaded. John Henson was one of my favorite players. They had Tyler Zeller. Like, they had a squad. Like, that was a good team. And uh, those got – Barnes came back. Henson came back, and they were going to try to go do it. And the injury injury to Marshall kind of derailed it. But uh, that – and like you said at the very beginning, the 2016 Carolina Final Four that Chris Jenkins shot in the national championship game. Car- that Carolina team over two seasons is the only team that's really made me cry like, like, like a baby. <laughs> cause like, I, I cried when they, cause I went, like you said, I went from like, oh, to oh, like in a space of like 30 seconds. I mean, literally,
0: that was one of the crazy, like, that's one of the best shots in Carolina history, Marcus Page. Hit. Mm-hmm.
2: And nobody's um, gonna talk about it. Nobody's no, really gonna talk about it. It don't even mean nothing. Yeah. You know? And then, so for them to, uh, for Justin Jackson to come back, Joel Berry, Theo Pinson, shout out to Theo Pinson, Kennedy, out here Meeks. In Greensboro. Kennedy Meeks, and Isaiah Hicks, all them dudes for them to come back, and basically it was like if you're a Carolina fan, you were on this business trip with them through 2017. Yep. Like we knew the end was going to be at the national championship, like we had a goal, and to watch them go all the way and do it, uh, the the Luke May shot Kentucky Elite Eight. Yeah, like, I, I, bla- I blubbered like a baby. <laughs> like after that shot, and then after they beat Gonzaga la- the next week for the title, I cried like a baby. Like it, it was a, such an emotional release uh, from the year before. I've never really gone through that with a team, like rode with them like that. Yeah, no, that was
0: the that was the second version. I know the redeem team was in the Olympics, but that was a redeemed team.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everybody knew when they got to that Final Four. Everybody that was there knew. Like, okay. That Carolina team, they're good. I mean, they're really good. It was an ugly shooting team. They led the league in, I mean, they led the country in rebounds, and that was kind of their offense. Yeah, they it was the big like bully
0: ball. Bully <laughs> yep. ball.
2: And now Hubert ain't doing that no more. Uh they got him out there shooting threes. So we'll see how all this stuff's gonna play out. But um I gotta take a break. So let's uh let's do that. You listen to franchise players show on tobacco road, Sports radio.com.